1: and welcome to another top advisor marketing podcast. Kirk and I have been experimenting with different visual communication pieces. And one of the things that we came up with is is an idea that that has really come from our guest today of making very, very basic sketches of very complex marketing techniques. And they have gone over swimmingly well, especially in presentations because they're so clear and they're so understanding or so understandable. Carl Richards is a certified financial planner. He's also the creator of the Sketch Guy column, uh, which has been in the New York Times since 2010. Please look him up on LinkedIn and check out his website, which is behaviorgap.com. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff with Carl today, including his sketches and including some of the behavioral stuff that he's going to talk about. So, Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. This should uh, be a fun conversation. Well, I'm really looking forward to this because this epiphany, you came to us through my business partner, Kirk Lowe, who's also one of the hosts of this podcast, and looking at how you not just market but communicate these ideas where did this whole thing come from? Tell us your history.
0: Yeah, I mean, the short version is, um, you know, after getting into the the industry, speaking sort of broadly, the financial services industry, quite by mistake. I mean, the, the story is, I went to apply for what I thought was a security guard job, and it turned out it was a securities job, and <laughs> somehow I, I somehow I got it, which is which tells you about the applicant pool that day. But after sort of figuring out where I was and what was, you know, trying to sort out what this. Industry was all about what my job was. I ended up working at a big brokerage firm, which will go unnamed, but has a, a bull as its symbol and is owned by a bank. And <laughs> I had my own clients, and I remember distinctly one day sitting in the conference room trying to explain a, a concept. Now these were successful, smart, intelligent clients. So all my clients were all. In fact, I would dare to say most financial advisors' clients are smart, successful people, and. And I was explaining this concept that I thought was really important. And I was just getting blank stares back. Hmm. Again, let's just repeat, like this wasn't their problem because these are smart, successful people. It was my problem. And I thought I was pretty good at this, explaining things as simply as possible. And out of an act of desperation, really, I stood up there was a whiteboard in the conference room I was using. I'd never used it before. I stood up and drew something. And as I recall, it was like some circles and a square and an arrow or something. I have no art background. (laughs) So I drew that and I remember them saying, I remember the feeling in the room changing and they said, oh, I get it now. (laughs) And that moment was, I really became addicted to that moment of taking something that was, for whatever reason, complex or, or not being understood and getting to, trying to get to its essence through a simple image or, and, and I do the same thing with words. I mean, we work really hard when I say we, the whole team here at Behavior Up, we work really hard to send people less, you know, to like, we'll write a whole essay, find the two sentences that summarize the essay. And delete the essay. Wow! Right, like, like that's so we and we really believe in in white space, portraying value, and and I think that's the reason that's stuck out in our industry is because our industry clearly doesn't believe that. So that's kind of the, the the story. I started doing that more often. I would put them up on a little website, um, which nobody was reading at the time. <laughs> But I just kept doing it because I was sort of addicted to it. I, it was something I was kind of compelled to do. And after doing that for maybe maybe it was about a year, a year and a half, I got an email pretty out of the blue. I mean, I know the backstory, but it's pretty close to out of the blue from the editor of the New York Times saying, hey, we love these, would you do them for us? And I, I knew enough from my kind of security guard background to say yes and figure it out later. And that that was over 10 years ago. So I've just been doing it
1: ever since. So who uses you? I mean, or, or do, do, Is it just people who are CFPs? Do insurance people do this? Do active managers break down? Somebody submits something to you, Carl. Is, is that how it works or do they have access to a library? My gears are really turning here because I can think of so many people who are podcasting with us right now who could use this service to make it so that they're just a lot clearer and making things a lot more understandable. So who uses you? Well, so let
0: me, let me be, there's a couple of ways to use my work. So it's just so we're really clear about okay. it. The the easiest way is the sketch store. So you just go to behaviorgap.com, go to the sketch store. And the people who use those, that's where you can buy digital down, high resolution digital downloads of all of the sketches. And okay. there's hundreds, hundreds now. The people who, and they come with this, we call it the super duper do anything you want license. Like you literally can do anything you want with them. We've had, people put them on a billboard, of course, in Texas. Wow. Um, so, so those that, that group is anybody who gives financial advice for living. And and in fact, there's a number of them that are way beyond. I mean, they all started about money, and now they've moved beyond because I believe that real financial advice is about aligning people's use of capital with what they say is important to them. In other words, aligning somebody's life and their money. So there's a bunch around entrepreneurship and creativity. So it's expanded beyond, but for this audience, it's, it's just about anybody who gives financial advice for a living uses the, the sketches, um, in terms of, in terms of helping people simplify complex stuff, the only place we really offer that service is in a, in a kind of a secret program we built called the fellowship, which we're not allowed to talk about.
1: <laughs> uh, you just opened a can of worms there, brother. All right. So, um, so I'm on the site, and I'm, I'm clicking around as I'm listening to you, and uh, unbelievably simplistic. And you just said that somebody in Texas used this for marketing on a billboard. How often are you yeah. getting feedback from financial services professionals that are saying, this is helping with my marketing, this is helping with my communication? Give me give me some case studies or some feedback that you've gotten, please.
0: A uh, hundred times a month. Like, we have wow. people buy these Left and right, and the stories. We, here's so I'll just give you a couple kind of use cases. The billboard thing's obviously uh, an exception. I can't think of more than one person who's done that. Um, but what the the most common? There's probably three most common. N- number one is in marketing or educational material, sort of printed or digital material. Somebody will write something, and then they'll look through the library and find something that illustrates it. So that would often show up in a, you know, maybe a brochure or a white paper or an educational piece that you hand out. A lot of, as you know, a lot of financial advisors have maybe like a flagship piece that they hand out. Yeah. We've got example after example of advisors using one often more than one. So let's say they have like the seven things that you should do. Like they'll find seven images that also help there. So that's example number one. Number two, would be presentations. Um, we we see that a lot because financial services presentations are notoriously bad, completely devoid of design, yep. and they're the kind that we all sit through and go, "This is terrible." And then when we get a chance to we present, we do the same do thing. The same thing. Yeah, amen, brother. So, twelve point font, fifty-two bullet points on a slide. Turn around and read it. Like we just strip all that away. My my presentations are all my slides are just one image, mm-hmm. right? And so. People use it that way. And then the third, well, actually, I'll give you four because the third is social media. Like, you know, as well as anybody that that images are gold when it comes to social media. Yeah, so exponential are using engagement. Them, yep. Yeah, people using them on Twitter, people using them on LinkedIn, people using them on Instagram, all, if they're doing it right, I think, pointing to their own platform, newsletter, whatever. And then the fourth one is printed, printed stuff on the wall. And this is the one we actually get the most feedback about. Is people will buy the high resolution image, mm-hmm. then they'll or three or four, and then they'll print, have them printed and framed on the wall. Huh. And the reason the feedback's so good about this is because clients routinely like the fear and greed one, which is I'm pretty good at art on the radio. If you just imagine a, a wave you know it's kind of a classic like stock market chart it goes up down and back up again and at the top of that first up is labeled greed buy right like it's it's meant to be sarcastic greed buy at the bottom of the trough it's labeled fear sell and then over on the right hand side of the thing it says dot 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 repeat until broke and that one i've got hundreds of stories the advisors get that printed they hang it on the wall and the most common story is I can tell you from a friend named Matt. He had that on the wall in his uh, conference room. He had he had about 6 of them kind of lined up on the wall, but that one was right in the middle. And his his the the person that worked at the front desk and he told me the story over and over. He said the person at front desk, new clients would come in. The person at front desk would say, "Let me let me let me take you to the conference room." They'd show to the conference room. They would the people would when the person left, the receptionist left, the people would be sitting down. You know, a minute or two later, Matt would come in. They would be standing up in front of the Ugh. sketches saying, oh, and they would point. We often hear this, like, point to that one and go, oh, yeah, can you help me stop that? Right? Like, <laughs> oh, I've done, oh, I've done that or sort of chuckling. Like, And that's one of the things I love about the hand-drawn nature of these things. And I, I encourage people to do their own. Like, I, I don't have a copyright on hand-drawn images is – they're approachable. Mm-hmm. Like they allow people to see themselves in the story. They're and they also allow you to teach something. And compared to what else is on your walls, like I think of them as conversation grenades. Right, you toss them in a room and conversations break out. And they're the kind of conversations you want to have, not see, Not the financial pornography network right. on in your lobby, right. which is exactly the kind of conversation you don't want to have.
1: Dude, that always makes me laugh. <clears throat> when I was a coach and a consultant, one of the things I would do is on-site consultations. And I first thing I would do is, you know, I'd walk in as if I was a client and I would Immediately tell them to turn it off, and they're like, "Well, I, this this shows credibility." I'm like, "No, it doesn't. It 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 changes the conversation against because I used to work with financial planners pretty much exclusively. Now they're worried about the stock market; they're not worried about financial planning. And you even have some some images here, which really would support that. I, I love the the cycle of investor emotions, which you've simplified magnificently. Uh, factors that drive returns, number one behavior, right? I mean, these these are absolutely fantastic. And how much fun would it be to have these? On on your walls when people are coming in or when you're doing a workshop. Those workshop presentations that you can purchase from workshop companies are abysmal, right? They have, they violate every rule of any sort of engaging presentation. And Carl, recently I did a presentation based off of your or the philosophy that you have here, right? So these are these hand-drawn things that that we we have our internal artists do. And when I got done, people said that was one of the most engaging presentations I've ever had. And because it was single slide image-based, three or four words, just like you have here, and it makes a big difference. And Carl, the other funny thing is, many, many years ago, uh, I was working with a a very high end advisor and and he was at this big conference and it was like him and four other advisors up on the stage and, and they were talking about how they present their financial planning process and every one of them but one said that they draw it out on a yellow pad these yeah. are these are you know hundreds of millions of dollars of assets and they're doing this and the, then the follow up question which is what you're talking about here in your whole story is the simplicity and the engagement of that. And, and especially when they build it together, when he or she is drawing it as the client is reaching out, like you did on the whiteboard when you were a security guard, that's freaking awesome,
0: dude. There's, I mean, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. I've done a bunch of, you know, we have, we have big consulting firms reach out that like I got asked once to help come work with a team that was designing commercial airline jet engines, and they just wanted me to help them simplify. Hmm. So I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, and I I think that there's a couple things going on. One, the majority of people learn better, or at least their learning is augmented and supported with visuals. Many, Most people learn better visually than they do any other way, Mm -hmm. but everybody seems to be, it enhances the learning experience with visual. So that's number one. Number two, I think when you can simplify a subject, you—I think of—and I think of, and I don't know whose quote this was, it's certainly not mine, but simplicity is just complexity resolved, right? And what those planners that do it on a, that you sort of draw things out on a yellow pad are doing Is they're demonstrating a massive command of the material and they're showing that they can take something. They're basically they're taking clients to the other side of complexity. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I think gets in the way sometimes with advisors and planners, is they think if I make it too simple, no one will need me. And it's just, it's, it's just there's so many reasons that's wrong mm-hmm. and not true. I've found it over and over and over, but one of them is you're confusing simplistic with elegantly simple, hmm. elegant simplicity. And elegant simplicity lives on the other side of complexity. So it's a little bit like a doctor. You know, when you leave the doctor's office, you often leave with a prescription that you can't even read. It's a simple piece of paper with a few words on it. There's no 20 page proof. There's no, and if you feel thoroughly diagnosed and that's the key, if you feel thoroughly diagnosed, you'll go fill that thing and take it. You won't get a second opinion. You won't do any research. You won't do anything. And I think that's the same thing I'm pointing to here is if you take the time to thoroughly diagnose client, understand their situation, you can then say, you know what, based on everything I've heard, I think we should go here. hmm And that's a very simple process. So I I think that's what's going on. I I could talk for hours about that, but that's what the easy version is uh, of unpacking it is that. And, and I'm just last plug, like drawing it yourself, hand-drawn images. I have at least a hundred times in the last 20 years, I've, started to take an adobe illustrator class <laughs> yeah because i'm like no 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 i've got to illustrate this yeah and the last time i did it was six months ago i reached out to some people who write really publicly for a living and i i designed one using adobe illustrator and i had the hand drawn when i sent them both and they were just like universally the response was no way man you've got to like it's so much better hand drawn and i think that's just I can't draw like everybody, you look at these, they're not art. Like anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. I think it's just our fear. And the reason that hand-drawn nature is so important is it just feels approachable. It feels yeah. like it was something in your brain. You couldn't wait to get scribbled down on a piece of paper. So that's why I would, that's what's going on there. And I, I can talk to them blue in the face and I just keep trying to get people like, please do more of it. The people, I, I write this column for the New York times. I hear from your clients. Mm-hmm. And they, they tell me this all the time, like, please, Make this stuff more simple. We want yeah. it more simple. We don't understand what you're saying.
1: Well, I've never understood why advisors think that showing their level of intelligence through using big words, acronyms, and jargon are, are going to make their clients more engaged. As by your column and by actually a lot of behavioral psychology, we know that that is actually not the case. Now, people can, how can people, well, I'm trying to figure out how I want to ask this question. They can go on the website and they can look at stuff and you can buy stuff. Everybody's super, super, super simple. If you go again to behavioral, behavior gap.com you can buy all of these images but it also can spark ideas for you uh, and then you could potentially either draw them yourself or or have them do they're professionally drawn but you also have this calendar would you mind talking a little bit about this because i love how you bring this up. It's a year's worth of conversation. Now, Carl, we hear all the time being in podcasting and social media business, advisors are always looking for content. Well, Matt, I don't know what I need to talk about or, you know, what are my topics? You have a calendar here that people can purchase, right? That, that help you create, I mean, you got a whole year's worth of freaking social media stuff here, don't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. The calendar is like just hilarious because we didn't mean to do it and we do it in a very... (laughs) specific way I think this is the fifth year people started asking for it and we're like okay fine we'll we'll do it and and we decided not so yeah it's just taken off so we don't keep inventory of it we we open the doors during I think I think we're getting close actually for the 2021 calendar we we take orders you have to be on the wait list and we take orders as many as you want to order there's a bulk discount whatever and then at a certain time, and I can't remember when it is. It's sometime in September, October. We we end the orders so that we can get them in your hands in time for the holidays, and and then we don't keep any. And we always con- just continually get like, can I please, can I please? And we don't like we don't order extras, so because we don't, we're not in the fulfillment business. So I don't want it. Where am I going to store them in my closet? So, but we just get story after story after story. Like people, yeah, it's up on their walls. People use them as holiday gifts lots of advisors actually use them as holiday gifts because it's, it's like, if you think of the ultimate gift, it's going to, it's going to give every day and every month it's a new image. And every one of those is going to support what the words that are coming out of your mouth and the beliefs you want to have and the conversations you want to have. It's like having a little spy in every one of your clients' homes. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's been amazing. And then, the most creative advisors I know, they at the end of the year, they take them to a framer. They take the whole 12 months to a framer, have them cut really nicely, and they frame. And now they've got 12 pieces of art for their offices or to give mm. to clients. So that's how people use them. It's pretty funny. Yeah.
1: All right, brother. Well, let's uh, let's uh, I'm going to ask you just a couple of other questions. So so if you were looking back on your life early on when you first got into the financial services industry and you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah, it would be do
0: your own thing as soon as possible. And by that, I don't necessarily mean go like start your own company, but it could could mean that. It, it just means this industry is so full of people doing the same thing you know, all you have to do is look at advisors' websites and you'll see either a lighthouse, a couple on a beach, a boat or a compass on mm-hmm. every one of them, right? So th- what we need now more than ever is new voices, unique voices, interesting voices, different perspectives. And so, yeah, that I, I spent a lot of time trying to be like you know, and, and that would be the advice is like, no, just do your thing as soon as possible and do it louder and more often.
1: One of our taglines is be your own loud. So I appreciate you saying that because uh, we firmly believe that uh, rising above the noise and making it so that your voice is heard. Okay. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given uh, that you either share with other people or would like to share with our audience?
0: Yeah, it's probably the same thing. I had a, I had a, it was an experience really with a, a, a business coach named Leo and Leo was pushing me one day because I was like, no, it's a bit like I'd come up with the name of some service we were going to offer. If in, in fact, I can remember it was uh, Ruckus Day. I get asked to do a lot of consulting. And I was like, I don't do consulting, but we do these things called Ruckus Days where I just come in and cause a ruckus and I leave and you pay me a bunch of money for it. Like we don't write up a report. We don't. And, and Leo was like, Ruckus sounds a lot like your friend, Seth Godin. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Seth was the one that, you know, started using that word a lot. And he's like, what's your thing? You know, and and he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And and I, that was, this was like two years ago. And I, I I remember thinking that's the same best piece of advice is like, we all have, I think of them as like, it's like a little, it's almost like a sliver in your finger that is just under the skin and you don't really know it's there, but it's kind of annoying you a little bit. Like, (laughs) I think like I would pay more, the advice to pay more attention to those little things. They're like, gosh, it's another way to think of it is like the unspeakable thing. Like there's just this thing that you feel compelled to do. We'll learn, and now after Leo pushed me, we call that dancing with dragons, Mm. right? Like it's a dance, dancing with dragons day. It's like dance with that thing. Like whatever that thing is like, you know what? No, I don't like it that way. I think I want to do it this way. Okay. Most of us have trained ourselves to just shove that back down and go back to doing it the way because it's safe. And I'm just saying the best advice I ever got was no dance with that a little bit. You don't have to do it immediately. Just learn to go, hey, give it a little air. Give it a little space. See what happens. That's the best advice I ever got was like do your thing and dance with dragons. What does success mean to you? Yeah, the, the permission to keep doing my thing. Nice. That's that's all it means. It's like Dude, that as fast. long as I can, yeah, <laughs> you, you as long had that as right there. That was cool.
1: Yeah. Well, and so yeah. you have done some traveling uh, as we were talking be- before uh, that you had started off here in the states, and then you moved to New Zealand, and now you're in London, England. Are you in London? Yep. Yeah. London. Yep. And uh, so this allows you to live the life that you would like to live, and that gift is is something that a lot of us can 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 give ourselves. Do you believe that? Yeah, I
0: think it's important to understand, Matt. There's a slight difference. It it doesn't allow me. We forcibly inserted it. Oh, nice. You know, like it, like we 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 just get. I get that question so often from friends and family and readers. Like I've always wanted to. No, you actually haven't always wanted to. Because if you've always wanted to, you'd do it. Hmm. And it's super hard, but completely doable. Like it, like moving to New Zealand from Utah, we didn't know. Six months before we moved, we hadn't even thought of it. Hmm. And we moved and I'm telling you the first, it was brutal. But what adventure's not? Like it's the definition of adventure is like, it's gonna be hard. It's also gonna be the coolest thing you've ever done in your life. And moving to London has been the same. It's been, it's hard. And so I think you, right? Like if you want those things, and again, you don't need to move to New Zealand but maybe you just want to raise your hand in the next meeting because you have something to offer, or maybe you want to start your own firm, or maybe you want to write that book, or maybe you want to start a podcast. Like whatever that thing is, you're immediately going to be met with resistance because you've been told your whole life, like, keep your head down. You know, we've, we've been told for generations, like stay in the herd. If you get out of the herd, you'll get eaten. And, 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 and now Like, that's kept us alive as a species. It's awesome. But now the world is such that, like, you can say, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go over there. And as soon as you do, you're going to meet this friend of mine. His name, for me, it's a him. His name is imposter syndrome. And he's going to tell you to get back in your seat. And what I've learned, he's my friend now. Because I'm like, dude, every time I go to do something cool, that guy's there. (laughs) Like, why don't I live my life in a way where he's there as often as possible? I'm not trying to run from him. I'm trying to go where he is. Because when I had my first kid, he was there. When I got married, he was there. When I wrote my first book, when I wrote my second book, when I gave my first talk in South Africa, like every time. When I started the mountain bike race, the first kayak trip in New Zealand, he was there. Like, I want to go where he is. And again, you can personify imposter syndrome any way you want. Mine is looks just like Mr. Mr. Burns, Homer Simpson's boss. And whenever he's around, I'm now like, oh, I used to be paralyzing. Now I'm like, oh man, you're back. We're about to do something cool. So just that's, sorry for the rant, but I just get, I, I think people need to realize like you want that stuff, go do it. And when you go to do it, expect, expect and embrace that fear. And I'm talking about a particular strain of it called imposter syndrome and then do it anyway.
1: Well, I don't think I could have wrapped up the podcast any better than that, Carl. That was freaking awesome. Well, thank you. That's my favorite subject. (laughs) I can feel that dude. All right. If anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Get
0: on the weekly letter. Uh, So you go to behaviorgap.com and sign up for the weekly letter. We put a ton of energy into that thing and people love it. Fantastic.
1: Well, Carl Richards, thank you very much for being a wonderful guest. And just to kind of wrap up today's podcast, one, really take a look at yourself in the mirror. And and if you wanted somebody to communicate something to you, what is the most convenient, easy, understandable way to do it? And, And I think Carl has solved that with these sketches that are very clear, very understandable, and absolutely accessible to each of you. Here's number one. Number two. You know, with the world changing as it has over the last six months, now is that time to accept that uh, person who's looking back at you who's telling you don't do it uh, to try to try something new because you know what we're uh, the tomorrow is a gift that we're not promised. you might want to just take a risk whether that is you know start communicating your financial services uh, ideas example strategies in a different way, whether that's through through sketches, through podcasting, through social media, through video, through whatever medium you want. This is the time where you can just roll with this changing tide and really see where it takes you because you never know. And it could really bring you to the other side of something absolutely freaking fantastic. So please also go to behaviorgap.com, sign up for the newsletter. That'd be freaking awesome. For Carl Richards and uh, all of us here at Top Advisor Marketing, uh, we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Very soon.
0: Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact
1: Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.